What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have a young man who's achieved so much already in his life. He's an activist. He's won multiple awards for his book, and he's actually started a series that is helping black men with self-esteem issues. It gives me great honor to introduce to you Nelson E. Brown. At such a young age, you have accomplished so much. You you self-published two books. You've won multiple awards for them. You started your own clothing line. And now you're a part of the Stella Award winning, sorry, Stella Award nominated winning Awesome Guy Radio family. But I want to start talking about um, your book series. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I can definitely tell you about that. My book series and brand that I started back in 2018 when I was 19 years old, um, it's about, um, well, it's actually, um, it's, it, it's all about uplifting uh, young men and boys and creating self, healthy self-images for young men and boys. And it's about, uh, it was inspired by my own um, struggles with my self-image growing up. So I decided to start a book series and a brand because I noticed that throughout the media, there weren't a lot of men or and boys, young men and boys that were, um, you know, really open about their struggles with their self-esteem issues and with their self-image in the same way that females were. So I decided to take it upon myself to, you know, write about it. Uh, and that's how the book series came about. Um, I wanted to give young men and boys a platform to discuss their true feelings and lay their hearts out on the table. And that's why I started my show, my radio show with Awesome God Radio. It's based upon my book series, but it's my overall mission and my, I I guess I would say my journey and is to help um, young men and boys feel more comfortable about who they are um, because it's something that I struggled with growing up um, with body image issues and self-esteem issues and just not feeling adequate enough, good or um, good enough, you know, on not just a physical level, but an intellectual level and even an emotional level and trying to find a healthy space for myself in order to express how I feel and in, in order to handle um, circumstances that come my way, you know, throughout life. So that's why I decided to start the book series and brand because I wanted to give young men and boys, especially young men and boys um, that look like me, a platform to express themselves in a healthy manner. And that's why I created my radio show with Awesome God Radio, the Beauty in Us Radio. It's it's because I wanted to give young men and boys that platform since I noticed that there were not really any young men in my age group or in, in my peer group or any young men that looked like me that were in the process of you know, just trying to make young men and boys feel more comfortable about who they are and breaking through that stigma of you know um, um, toxic masculinity and what it and all of the negative qualities behind it. And instead, I'm pulling together the strengths and weaknesses and seeing the beauty of it. Um, the title of your show is called The Beauty in Us. Now, for the most part, when you think of beauty, it always goes with women, the, you know, the industry as far as women. So what made you choose that for talking about men? Well, um, I, I came up with the title because um, I wanted to 
think of a way where I can um, recognize the true meaning of what it means to, you know, be a man in today's world. And I wanted to get, again, give young men and boys an opportunity to express themselves in a healthy manner and to recognize their strengths, um, you know, on the inside and not just the outside. I wanted um, to figure out a way to um, uh, give young men and boys a platform where they can re recognize their unlimited potential and they can see um, how creative they are, how talented they are, how gifted they are from the inside. Um, oftentimes, uh, we tend to dwell on our external factors and we don't really recognize um, how how strong we are and how beautiful we are in the inside because we often dwell on things like looks and um, what, what we think is the world's view of how we should be instead of being true to ourselves. So that's why I decided to create the radio show, the, the Beauty and Us Radio with Awesome God Radio. I wanted to um, just, I wanted, I wanted to help young men and boys recognize um, how, how great they were on the inside, their internal factors, instead of dwelling on their weaknesses or the external factors or how they look on the outside or um, just thinking about and not just discouraging them in terms of just wanting them to see how how much how great they are and how much unlimited potential that they have and so that's why I wanted to create that platform and that space um, because it's not always about looks um, and when we think about self-esteem it's not always about looks um, it's about um, our strengths and weaknesses how people treat us um, the flaws that we sometimes make up or people point out to us so that's why I just wanted to give men and boys that opportunity to express themselves because it's such a taboo subject. That's talking about men and boys and feelings. That's such a, a taboo subject because um, we've been conditioned to believe that, you know, it's not good to show any type of emotion or um, it's, it's not okay to cry. We've been conditioned to believe that that's the way we're supposed to carry ourselves in the world. And it's very, very difficult for men and boys to be vulnerable. And that's what my book series is all about. Just having a healthy sense of what it means to be masculine or even what it means to be a man or what it means to grow up into a mature man with a foundation and with um, a, a spiritual stance to, I guess, lean on. So that's why I decided to um, just make this my journey and my calling in a way. What would you say is the definition of a man that's secure in his self? Um, I definitely believe that um, a part of being a man is having a foundation to stand on, um, having, um, and that foundation could include, um, you know, the, the strengths as well as the weaknesses that he may have. I think that the confidence in all of that is embracing your strengths and your weaknesses as a man and creating that, molding that into your foundation. And just being comfortable with that and having confidence in that um, because it it carries um, it care it carries and it's with you no matter what um, how you grow up and how you carry yourself and how you show up in the world it's about what you stand with and it's about what you stand on so I think that having a secure foundation with your strengths and your weaknesses and seeing the beauty in all of it and being confident and believing in yourself I think is what it means to uh, be a man in short terms. When you won your award for your book, your first one, 
Do you remember where you were and what you were doing? Yes. Um, I received the 2019 Newsom Award, the Newsom Gospel Music Award, um, back in August of last year. So in 2019. So I, I received my first award for my first book. Um, I actually released the my first book in August of 2018, and I, I won my first award the following year in the same month. So in August of 2019. So I think that, um, well, I was actually, um, I was at the Randallstown Community Center and in the news, I was at the Newsom Gospel Music Awards. It was my first awards show for my book. I was invited. Um, my mom and I sat there and we, um, we went through all of the performances. We really enjoyed the show. Um, I was interviewed by um, the Lakeisha Mosley show. Um, with uh, Jerry Royce Live's Positive Power Christian Media. So I guess that um, just, um, I think it felt good to be recognized for something positive. Um, I felt like um, I've of, I've often been overlooked growing up um, because um, I was more reserved and more of the quiet type growing up. Um, so I think that um, I, I was often overlooked and undermined in a lot, in a lot of ways because um, I, I was a good student, a hardworking student, but I feel as though because um, of how quiet I was and because of how reserved I was, a lot of people didn't really get to see the true, you know, Nelson. A lot of people um, didn't really give me a chance to um, show them how creative I was and how talented I was and how inspirational I was and how inspirational I could be at the time. Um, but now I have the opportunity to do that. And now I have the opportunity to lay my heart out on the table and to just give myself permission to be vulnerable and to be honest so that everybody else can relate to, you know, authenticity and transparency um, in, in all these forms. Now, those people that you grew up with, have they reached out to you? Like, whoa, man, look, look, look where you came from. Have they reached out to you at all? Um, I have a lot of, of my former classmates that have um, reached out to me. Um, I've I've been in touch with childhood friends. Um, I've had the opportunity to, opportunity to stay in touch with um, a lot of people uh, growing up and throughout different phases of my life. So I do, I have had a lot of classmates you know reach out to me. So I mean, but what has been like the the um, interaction from the the Nelson that they thought they knew to the Nelson that they know now? Well, um, I think, uh, well, a lot of people um, have responded and a lot of people have praised me, but I think a lot of people are really surprised um, outside of my small circle of friends that I had, you know, throughout school, um, throughout elementary, middle and high school. I think that a lot of people are surprised because, again, I was more of the quiet type, the more shy type. And I think that um, a lot of, I was often overlooked um, because, and I didn't really think that people really recognized my voice. Um, people didn't really acknowledge my voice. So I think that um, by me being an author and now me being a radio host and now people know who I am every time they um, watch one of my shows on Tuesday evenings from 6 to 7 p.m., I think that um, it gives it gives them an opportunity to just sit back and listen because a lot of people didn't really know. They, they, they didn't really recognize my creativity and my talent and how inspirational I was until I wrote a book and until I was able to start this brand and start this business in a way. So um, I, a lot, and some people, I, I had my cousin the other day, um, he's younger than I am. He talked about how much I inspire him to do more and to be more. And I've, I've had um, 
people, you know, you know, that reach out to me and they say that, you know, I, I love your work. You do, you do, do such fantastic work. And even though I'm not into religion or I'm not a religious person, you know, you still inspire me to do more. Uh, I, you inspire me to be a better person. And it's not just about the church community or the faith-based community. You do work that's universal. And, you know, it really, really makes me feel great knowing that people are actually paying attention because for a while I felt like nobody really, you know, nobody was really paying any attention. So I, I definitely feel good about myself and I'm saying, I'm keeping my humility and I'm definitely, um, I'm just moving forward and I'm just figuring out, you know, how I can send that positive message in the most authentic way I can. Now, was it hard for you to share your story? Um, I was, well, for my first book, um, it was difficult for me to put those pieces together um, because I started the book a month, two, a month or two after I graduated from high school. So between June and July of 2017, that's when I started my first book. And that's when the idea of starting a book series came about. And it was because I was thinking about my journey, you know, throughout high school not, and not just throughout high school, but growing up. And I thought, I just thought about, I started writing down all of what I had gone through and um, the different phases of my life and all of what I had, I, I, I had um, experienced. So um, when I, when I started writing everything down, I started outlining my notes. I went to my mom and I, I was, a, I was asking her, you know, I think I should write a book. I think I should be able to, you know, tell my story. You know, I've been hiding so long, you know, I think it's time to, you know, send this to the world. And, you know, she's been, she was really supportive of it and she's still really supportive of it. So, um, so I, I went to, I contacted the Maryland Writers Association and I was able to network with a lot of people in the publishing industry. And um, after that, I was able to speak with an editor and an illustrator and some of the other entrepreneurs there that owned small book publishing businesses and companies. And I was able to make a lot of connections and that's how the first book came about. Um, I was able to um, use my resources and my contacts to my advantage. And um, I think that um, by me being marketable, I think that that was definitely what uh, put the nail in the coffin in terms of, you know, people, you know, vouching for me and um, making sure that um, I wasn't missing opportunities that um, in the past, I think I could have missed because I doubted myself and my abilities. Now, could you share a tidbit of a story from your book? Yes. That yes. So from the first book, um, well, I don't have it with me right now, so I'm not going to read it verbatim, but mm -hmm. um, I, I can like summarize a little bit of it, of the, of the first book and a little bit of the second book. Okay. So the first book, um, there is one of the most profound, um, one of the most profound scenes, or I, I, I wouldn't call it scenes, well, I should say, um, and the first book um, is when I speak about my elementary um, school um, math teacher and how I felt um, mistreated by him and how I felt as though he was the one that really didn't validate me in the way I felt like I needed to be validated um, because, you know, he um, patronized me on several occasions. And even in a parent-teacher's conference, uh, he destroyed my self-esteem when he um, called me stupid in front of my mother. 
because um, I wasn't, because I, I went to him for coach class and I just had a very difficult time retaining a lot, retaining a lot of the content that was being presented and that was supposed to be taught, you know, in his course. And I had him for one grade and then the next grade. And then afterwards, um, he kind of disappeared. But, um, and then even after that, you know, having educators and some people who were supposed to be role models or mentors, a lot of them um, didn't really support me the way I felt like I needed to be supported. Um, I did have that a handful that were, but I think that um, by, you know, being a kid growing up, um, I felt a little bit helpless because um, I was in the position where I felt like I was in the position where I couldn't do much. And I felt like I, um, I, I just felt like, you know, nobody was going to be in the position to want to listen to me or to want to hear my story. And that's, that's what's caught, that's what caused me to believe that my voice did not matter and that my story did not matter and that my testimony did not matter. Um, but when I got older, throughout different portions of the book, you can see my growth. I start from the age of five in kindergarten, you know, in that different world, in that small world. And then I end the first book at my graduation from high school. And in the second book, it's a book of poetry. And it's about um, just coming into the world as a young adult. Uh, and then more specifically, as a young African-American male, trying to navigate, you know, through the world and trying to um, trying to find my place into the world and trying to discover, you know, who I am um, and, and what I want for myself in the future. Um, because um, I feel like um, a lot of young people in my age bracket were pulled in so many different directions. Um, we, we, want, we want so many things and we yearn for so many things, but um, we don't know how to go about doing that um, because we know what we want, but it's, it's in terms of just getting there that we sometimes get impatient with. And sometimes we only see, you know, where we are now and we, we downplay our we don't really acknowledge, you know, the small blessings or the small accomplishments, but um, I think that um, we just have to be more thankful and more appreciative of where we are and where we're trying to go and leaning in our, on our faith in the process. Um, and we're, I mean, we're really, really hard on ourselves. I mean, we, we expect so much, we have, we have such high standards for, um, you know, for, when we're not in the position to when we're in the position to do all of what we can do, we set, we set such high standards for ourselves. And um, that's when we kind of become perfectionists. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that all the time. Um, so um, I'm thankful for the opportunity that I get to be flawed and appreciated because more people can relate to you being flawed and not you being perfect. Right, right, exactly. I've also read that you are a facilitator for a married couple and singles group for your church, which probably has slowed down right now during the COVID thing right now, I'm sure. But that was one of your um, charters in your church. Now, being such a young man, how did that come about? Well, um, I think that, well, when I, when I, I spoke with one of my mentors at church, um, and he told me about um, small groups and small groups um, at the Messiah Community Church um, right here in Maryland um, at the um, at the Messiah. We have small groups where we get to connect with other members 
um, you know, of our church. Um, they have married couples, singles, young adults, uh, and, and they have different groups. And um, I went to him and I was um, asking him that, you know, I think I want to be more involved in the ministry. Um, and I asked him how I could be more involved in the ministry in some form or another, because um, personally, I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think that um, I told him, I don't, I don't think I have what it takes to be a pastor or a minister, but I still want to be involved in some way, shape, or form in the ministry. I want to use my testimony to bless someone else. So how can I go about doing that? And he told me about, you know, he told me that they they were doing training for, um, you know, small groups so that I could become a facilitator. So he said that they're training, you know, minister. He told me about the minister that was, um, you know, facilitating that and the training that I had to go through the entire season in order to become a small groups facilitator. And I absolutely loved it. Prior to this pandemic, you know, I was able to, you know, meet with, um, meet with, um, because I had married couples um, in my group and I was able to learn so much because at first I didn't feel, feel as though I had the tools that I needed to facilitate a group with married couples because I'm not married. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect, but I did have a co-facilitator who, kind of guided me along the way um, and kind of assisted me in a lot of ways. Um, and it opened my eyes to different perspectives on life and the journey with, you know, the Christian faith. Um, it, um, it it definitely, it, it made me see things from another point of view. Um, and for a while now, because I, I suffered from such the poor self-esteem and my self-image was so distorted that um, I think that, um, and to be honest, because of how I grew up, you know, with a single mom and, you know, being fatherless, I felt uh, for a long time that, you know, I didn't deserve to have a family of my own because I didn't know what that looked like. I was just so accustomed to just having one parent and to just having a single mom and everything else. But um, by facilitating these small groups and listening to other perspectives and just thinking about it from another lens um, and just hearing about it from the married couples about the journey of marriage and what it means to put covenant first and what it means to stay faithful and what it means to um, be on the same page. I think that it gives me more tools than I thought that I would ever get. Um, so I think that, um, I, so I'm definitely, I don't regret it at all um, becoming a small groups facilitator for married couples. And even as a single person, it gives me more tools to use at my disposal. Just, just when that, when that time comes and when I'm blessed with the opportunity to have my own family and to um, have children of my own. We talked about this a little bit, being a part of awesome guy radio. What made you join the family? Well, uh, last year, um, in December of last year, um, I was interviewed well, I, I first met Awesome God Radio through Miss um, Whitney Hogan's. So she introduced me to Awesome God Radio, and she introduced me specifically to the Good Life Gospel Show. So I first, I was first introduced to AGR through the Good Life Gospel Show in an interview, and then afterwards I appeared on her show, the She Heals Radio Show, and then she gave me the idea about starting my own show, and then he and and then AJ gave me the idea of starting my own show too, because, you know, he, he, he said, you know, I really like what you represent. I like what you do. You know, you already went through the training, you know, we, we, we already had a podcast training 
you know, we, we already went through the training. I think you're ready. You know, I think you're ready. Now, to be- for those who don't know who AJ is, because <laughs> they may not know. I mean, I, I know. Yes. <laughs> and I've interviewed him on the show. But just in case the listeners new to the show, tell them who AJ is. Yes. So he is the founder and CEO of Awesome God Radio. So he is the pretty much the head of this whole Awesome God Radio's whole um, mission, the whole operation and everything else. Yeah. Um, so he's the one that actually, you know, nudged me to, you know, start my own show because um, he was saying, you know, you know, you've already been through the training. You know, you listen, you, you you're very insightful. You're very smart. You know, you went through the training already. I think you're ready. You know, I think you're ready to do that. Um, and I know that, um, you know, you have a hard time, you know, trusting people. And I know that you've been hurt in the past and I'm really sensitive about that. But whenever you're ready, you know, you can just give me a call. You know, you have me and you have everybody else here. We're all a family. So, you know, he, he, he really, he really kind of nudged me to, you know, do that because he was able to see the potential in me that I was not able to see. Um, I mean, the old me um, would have never been able to just have my own radio show or have my own platform. And the old me would have never been in the position where I can just sit in front of someone and get interviewed and to, and to interview others having the opportunity to interview other people is something that I, I never thought I would be doing at all. I mean, I was so shy and I, I I had absolutely no confidence in who I was. There was a moment in time where, um, because I had such low self-esteem, not just because of my physicality, but just because um, I was just doubting myself and my abilities so much that I would, I just... I mean, I just couldn't put myself in a position to do anything. There was a moment in time in high school where I was just so depressed and just so sad about um, just my way of being that I just didn't participate in anything. Um, I went like a whole year and more just not being involved in any type of clubs or activities and just being really apprehensive about putting myself out there and um, trying new things and taking new risks, healthy risks. Um, so, but now I have the opportunity to do that and I'm not as reluctant to do that anymore when it, and, and when it, when it's beneficial for me or when it's beneficial for someone else. I'm really trying to wrap my head around the notion of when you keep saying how you look, cause I don't see anything wrong with how you look. What, what, well, are, you, what, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Well, um, well, there was a moment in time where, you know, I was, um, I, I suffered from childhood obesity. Okay. So, um, I suffered from that for a while. Um, so I, because I was heavier and because I was overweight and because, um, I just, I adapted to a healthier, well, uh, not a not so healthy lifestyle for a while. Um, I, I felt like I had a, a distorted self image. I felt like I didn't really have a lot of self-esteem. I felt like looks were the most important thing growing up. Um, I know people all the time, they say that, you know, women are under scrutiny more than men are, but I feel as though men still are. Um, I feel like there are standards, unreasonable and unattainable standards that men have to look a certain way and to present themselves a certain way. And that was something that I, that I was insecure about, you know, as a heavy person, as, a, as an obese and overweight uh, child. Um, but my weight and my body image and just having that distorted, you know, thought in my mind, it didn't really, it didn't really bother me until I was about like 10 years old. Um, but, and, and ever since then, you know, and I've been able to lose weight and, you know, and adapt to a more healthier and happier lifestyle. But, 
I think it's the whole point of just um, just being comfortable in my own skin and not feeling so insecure. Um, um, I um, There was a point in time where um, I just, I felt really insecure because I, um, I felt like I didn't really have a, have, you know, looks to, um, you know, in middle school, for instance, to get the girl that I liked or that I had a crush on. I would always see, um, other guys or, you know, they would, um, they, uh, I, I just felt like, I just felt like, you know, because, um, I, I didn't really feel attractive enough and I felt like, you know, the girls wouldn't like me because of that. So I, tr I would try to overcompensate in other areas like my academics or um, scholastically. Uh, I felt like I just had to prove myself and that I had to overcompensate and overindulge in something. And I felt the sense of loneliness. Um, and I think it all stems back from me feeling fatherless and me feeling um, abandoned and having that bitterness and resentment and that anger towards you know, my father for not being present and for not being there for me and being inconsistent. So I think that um, I turned to food as a result of that because that at the time satisfied and and filled that void of loneliness in a sense. I didn't feel lonely and I didn't feel rejected and I didn't feel like anybody was going to turn their back on me in the same way he did and well, some people you know, after that did. And because that contributed to the reason why I felt like I was so fearful of rejection. Um, but um, last week, actually, um, I did a um, show on my show about uh, the freedom of forgiveness. And I was able to uh, break through a lot of chains and bondage as a result of that. And a lot of people really enjoyed that show. And even this evening, um, I'm going to have a discussion. It's an hour long discussion. Um, it is called um, When I Was a Black Man. So that's going to be a really, really powerful uh, show for this evening. It's from 6 to 7 p.m. So it's every okay. Tuesday. All right. I'm looking forward to it. If you don't mind sharing, how much how much did you weigh at your largest? My largest size, um, when I was about 14, it was when I was about 14 years old. When I first started high school as a freshman, I was around 236 pounds. And I was about 5'4 or Five, three, so around around that height. I'm five eight now, but okay. um, around that I was around that height, and around and I was approximately that size. Um, so um, and and I was and like I said, the weight gain didn't really start happening. It was around ten. So between the age of like ten and fourteen, that's when I really you know struggled with that the most. Um, so, but and and but or when I was about fifteen or sixteen, that's when I started you know, kicking into gear, more healthier habits and, and a more healthier outlook on myself and mm -hmm. everything else. So where are you now? I know you're 5'8", but with the weight, where are you now? Um, I teeter, I teeter between 170 and 185. Okay. You look, you look good. You look great. You said people can catch your show every Tuesday from 6 to 7? Yes, every every Tuesday evening from six to seven p.m., the Beauty and Us is going to air. You know, I'm the host of the Beauty and Us Radio on Awesome God Radio um, tonight specifically, and um, I'm I'm still planning shows for December. I have to check my schedule again, but like I said, um, tonight um, I'm going to do a segment on it's it's called uh, When I Was a Black Man, 
Um, so I have guests for the remainder of the year. Um, so for the rest of December, um, I'm not going to have a show next week, but um, for the rest of uh, December, I'm going to have guests and I'm going to have one more discussion. So I'm going to keep all of my listeners and uh, my audience up to date um, about that. So I, I, I've already interviewed several people on my show already. Um, so I'm really, really blessed and thankful for the opportunity to uh, network with such fantastic people. Um, and it's a platform where I talk about subjects that matter from a young black male's perspective. So a young black man's perspective is something that's highlighted on my show because it's something that a lot of media outlets don't really recognize and are apprehensive about recognizing. So um, the um, perspectives of a young black male, male, you know, today is something that I, th I feel as though the world needs to hear and the world needs to uh, highlight most importantly in the midst of everything that's going on. So um, I'm really thankful and blessed for AGR um, embracing my story and for welcoming open arms. Yes. Yeah, I advise everybody to catch a show. I watch it. I've seen it on Facebook and on Instagram. So is there any other platforms you're on or is it just those two? Well, um, we, um, I, I also do Periscope and YouTube. So they can okay. also catch it on YouTube. So they can either type in, you know, my name, Nelson Brown. Um, my author name is Nelson E. Brown, but, but they can either type in Nelson Brown or the title of the show, which is The Beauty in Us Radio. So um, they they can, if they put both of those names in the search engine, all of my episodes will um, show up. Um, all of the segments of my show will show up on YouTube. And um, like I said, we do it live through Periscope in addition to Facebook and Instagram. Um, and But um, I usually do the first half of the show on Instagram and I usually continue with the other platforms later on because Instagram after a while, um, you know, it'll cut you out. Um, Just petty. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll like after about 45 minutes, um, it'll kind of cut you off um, when you're mm -hmm. doing your podcast. But um, I usually continue on with the other platforms for the remainder of the show. It's a long show. And okay. every, and um, I try to switch it up. So um, I may have a guest for one week or I may just speak about a topic of interest for the second week. So I, I like to switch it up every now and then. Okay. So how can people contact you? Well, I'm available on all the social media platforms. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me at Nelson E. Brown or Nelson Brown. So you can put both names in the search engine. So Nelson E. Brown, that's my author name. So that's on um, Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, I go by Nelson Brown. So, and, and I'm in the process. Um, I'm working with my cousin to um, set up a website for the new year. So um, once I have my new website for you know my books and for my show, um, I'm definitely going to keep all of my listeners and everyone in my audience up to date about that. Um, if they want to connect with me directly, they can shoot me an email at brownnelsone at gmail.com. And I'm usually really, really good about um, responding. So those are the ways they can contact me. But I know I'm still working on my website with my cousin. So I know that she and I are going to make something fantastic. So I'm just looking forward to that. For the new awesome. year. And speaking of your book, where can people purchase your book? My book is available um, through all of the distribution channels. So on Amazon, it's available in a paperback and ebook format. So both books, the first book, The Beauty in Us, Our Reality, that's a memoir that I wrote 
and it was self-published and released in August of 2018. So that's available on Amazon. And the second book is called The Beauty in Us, Vulnerable Masculinity. And that's a book of poetry that I wrote. And that was released earlier this year in February um, and, and exactly on the 13th of February this year. So that was released earlier this year. And that's also available in a paperback and ebook format. And I'm currently in the process of writing two more books that are supposed to be released for um, 2021. The first one's called The Beauty in Us, Our Love, Our Village. And the, the fourth one is supposed to be called The Beauty in Us, Our Souls and Armor. So um, I'm, I've been working on those extensively. And throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, and with all of the struggles that I've been through um, from you know doing school remotely um, to um, you know, my job position uh, being terminated, unfortunately, and um, to just um, just trying to balance everything. Um, it's it's really been challenging, and um, I think that writing has been my coping mechanism all along. Um, and it's 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 been it's it's been such a dark uh, 2020. You know, it's it's been really really dark since March. Uh, it's it's really really been challenging, and I and I feel like this year. Um, definitely gave me a, this time frame between March and now. It's it's given me an opportunity to just use that that use writing as a coping mechanism in order to handle everything because we we are going through really really difficult times right now. Um, not just financially, but emotionally, mentally, and and, and in some cases spiritually. I mean, because um, it's just it's really taking its toll on people. You know, the pandemic. Um, and it's and it seems like you know it's gone on for forever, but it's only been since March. Um, but um, I'm definitely in the process of sharing more of my story, and um, and I hope people can look forward to it. Here's my thing about 2020. I know a lot of people are like, I can't wait till 2020 is over, and 2020 sucks, and 2020 is like the worst year ever in life. And I had a new thought this morning about 2020. Um, the Great Depression was called the Great Depression for a reason. It was a heck of a lot worse than what we have, we're enduring right now. And the plague that they endured was a heck of a lot worse than what we're dealing with right now. And I'm not downplaying that we're not in a bad, in a season right now. But what we have to remember is that we preached and we testified and we hooped and hollered so much that 2020 was going to be the year of vision. And guess what? It was. Our eyes have been opened so much this year of what life is really about. We have saw what America's really about. We saw what our so-called quote-unquote friends were really about. We saw what our so-called family was really about, our employers, um, what our ministries, what our goals, what our priorities. Uh, doors have been open that we never really, really walked through if other doors wasn't shut. I consider 2020 in a lot of ways a blessing because speaking for like me and you would we have really would 
had the opportunity to even be a part of AGR if 2020 would have happened? Probably not. <laughs> but more likely, probably not. Because we probably wouldn't even, even talk to AJ or any affiliates with AJ because we would have been doing something else. Because we have been too busy doing other stuff because everything was open and we would have been doing other things trying to make other stuff happen versus what we're doing right now. So, yeah, it's, it's a different type of year, but it's a year that God has, is doing a different type of thing. He's, he's trying to open up our eyes. It is a year. It is the year to see. It is the year of vision. So I'm so glad I got you on here. I really enjoyed you. I love your show. I love what you're doing. So I have one more question for you. You ready? Yes, I am. All right. This is the question I ask all my guests. I don't know if you listen to my podcast or not. So here you go. If you can have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? Okay. I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of, I have a lot of, I have a lot of songs that I listen to. I mean, I, I enjoy music so much, different genres. Um, I, I just, I mean, I, I, I love so much music. Uh, I, I, I would have to sort through my music box. Uh, I, I listen to too many. Right now, um, I think that um, a song that would describe how I feel, uh, you know, throughout the course of 2020 um, I think that uh, Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson is a song that I think describes a lot of um, what I've been going through this year in terms of um, trying to, you know, finish, you know, my last year of school remotely at UMBC as a sociology student, um, just um, and turning 21 years old. And I'm still still learning about, you know, new things, broadening my horizon and, you know, and you know, just dealing with the fact that um, um, just I have to um, make adjustments financially because um, my job position was terminated, and um, and and just just having to go through so many changes. Uh, I think "Breakaway" by Kelly Clarkson really describes the transitions that I've had to make this year, um, and it describes how doors are being closed, but how other doors are opening up for me, um, and how I've just had to release some people some uh just you know bad relationships or just 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 things that were not healthy for me um because sometimes we have a tendency to hold on to things that were not meant to be held um sometimes we hold on to things that is meant to be you know done you know finished and over with so i think the breakaway by kelly clarkson really describes my year um personally <laughs> i love her She's actually on my vision board of the one of the persons I want to meet. I love Kelly Clarkson. Love that woman. She has such a sweet spirit. Love her. So good choice. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nelson, for being on the show. And which means I'm going to have to have you on my live show. Don't ask me when, but I will. <laughs> You have a good one, okay? I will. Thank All you right. Very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Nelson, for being on the show. 
I greatly appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule to share with us all the awesome things that you are doing, no pun intended, with all the great things that you're doing in God's work. And if you'd like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we could do with that thing. And if you haven't heard, Worldly Church Girl is going live. You can catch me on Facebook, YouTube, Awesome Guy Radio, and B-Men TV. And don't forget to hit that subscription button so you will never miss another episode. And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.